You're listening to the Longer Haul Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Episode number 73. Welcome to the Longer Haul Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now, your hosts, Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening wherever you are and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time checking out the show, welcome. We are super glad you're here. And if it's uh, you're not your first time, you're returning, you're coming on back. Well, welcome. Thanks for coming on back. Uh, make sure you head over, subscribe to the show wherever you're listening. So whether that's on iTunes, whether that's in a podcast player, whether that's through Spotify, where that is, make sure you subscribe there so you get the episodes as they come out each and every week. And if you've got a few minutes and can head over and leave a review on iTunes, we always appreciate those. Correct? We do, man. Yeah, I'm in. What's up, Jody? How are you, man? Hey, buddy. Living the dream. What's been going on? Are you living the dream? The youth ministry dream. The youth ministry dream. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what that is, but I feel like that's what I, I'm the, living. We uh, we've been shooting people in our office this week with uh, Q-tip Q-tips coming from straws. Yeah, because yeah, we're youth pastors. Like, and you're not. We're not in the same office, but I'm, and so, but uh, we've been. We're getting ready for a game. We're trying tomorrow night, and uh, um. So I dared our one of our guys to go shoot one of our guys next door in like the adult area to shoot like with a Q-tip, and so <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, okay." And so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So uh, that's Jody Livingston. I'm Chris Trent. We're a couple of youth pastors in the Atlanta area. If you're just listening for the first time, we uh, we love teenagers. He and I've been doing it a little while now, okay. and that's why we call it the longer haul. And. Uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's fun, and he, we're not at the same church. We're at different churches, but uh, became friends a while back, and just love investing in other folks. So, yeah, good times. So here we are. Here we uh, are. Yeah, you can find us on social media if you care. Yeah, Twitter sphere, Instagrams. What I can guarantee you on social media is some Disney pictures. That's what I can guarantee you. <laughs> I can guarantee you that he will post some Disney pictures too. I will, <laughs> uh, yeah. I will also make that guarantee. Uh, the Longer Hall over on the Facebook and the Super Secret Podcast group as well oh, on yeah. Facebook that uh, you should totally go and join now that you know about it. Dude, we're up to like 126, 27 people now, man. That's awesome. Yeah. It's it great. is fun. Love that. I like it. It's fun. And so occasionally, you know, we'll give uh, some things away there and do some fun things for the group that just in the group. Uh, yeah. We're, we like it. We like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Uh, links and resources that we mentioned today. And there's quite a few actually that, that come out today. You can find it over on the show notes page at thelongerhall.com slash episode 073. That's thelongerhall.com slash episode 073. Seven, three, and I think that's it. That's all my stuff. That's it, man. It's beautiful. That's all my stuff. So, uh, school started, man. Back in our neck of the woods, your neck of the woods. If you're listening out west, I think it's just kind of starting. But uh, for most of us southern people, you know, in southern states, a lot of us have already started back. And uh, you off to a good start this year, man. I mean, 
your kids all yeah. back hanging out. We had our first big, uh, what we call life group Sunday the other day, which is where kids find out what group they're in for the entire year. And not too many tears, some, but not too many. Um, Making kids it's always crazy. crazy. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. We're, it's crazy. It's like, we're, so we're about a month in right now, which is, yeah. It, no, we've been going for a while. Yeah, and I was looking at a couple of the other, like, I think some of the, I think some other, like, I think out west, apparently, and I'm not trying to be, I mean, I think in other parts of the, at least in the states, at least, some schools are just kind of starting back. It's kind of weird. So. That would be amazing, actually, though. They get a real summer, man. That's amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But we're in a rhythm and a routine, so I'll take it. Yeah, it works. Yeah, it works. Yeah. So. So that's good. Hey, uh, sponsor. We've got a great sponsor, YM360. They they provide some amazing Bible study curriculum, student devotionals, Disciple Now resources. If you're looking at D-Now, for instance, like, you know, we're gearing up for D-Now in our world. We do ours in November. Time change uh, weekend. Yes. Like, so Disciple Now is, you know, so a lot of great resources there for that if you're looking for a theme in there and it's themed out completely youth leader development and of course if you're still not sure where you're going to go camp next summer i know that's a ways from now but you might want to do a little digging there but anyway they do it all great folks ym360.com and uh just for being a loyal listener to the old longer hall podcast if you go on you can use longer hall um, as a promo code, and you'll get twenty percent off your next order. What? What? Not for camp. Not you know, but <laughs> not not the. But here's the thing about just, camp. Let me tell you about. Hey, but I will tell you this about camp because I, 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 you know, we go to camp with them. And what's beautiful is right now you can still get a pretty sweet deal. Like if you go ahead and sign up for camp. I mean, in terms of like just a pretty good amount off the the final call. So um, just saying, it's worth looking at in advance. Yeah. Yeah. And you should totally try to use the promo code just to see. Just, <laughs> don't tell. And if it works, let, let us know. Uh, if it works, let us know. Yeah, we just lost our spot. That's great. <laughs> yeah, so. but it's not. It's not the longer haul. It's yeah. just longer haul. One word, yeah. no space. Yeah, longer haul. Yeah, all smushed together. So. No doubt about. It. No doubt. Yeah, ym three sixty dot com. Check those guys out, man. We love those guys. Believe in those guys, and. uh they believe in you. Yeah. So, hey, um, pretty cool interview today. I really enjoyed this one. And Jody, you were, man, you were able to, uh, y- you've had this guy on before, before I joined the podcast back at 50 or whatever. You had him on, actually, I think a few episodes before I jumped on. And uh, Greg Steer, right? And uh, yeah. from Dare to Share. And, man, just took us to school on this but (laughs) uh tell us a little bit about kind of your background with him and kind of how that whole thing happened yeah so if you've been around youth ministry for a while you've likely heard of dare to share ministries and um and you can go back actually to episode 48 and listen to that episode and kind of hear greg really shares in that episode more of his story and how dare to share got started and why he's so passionate about what he is um and and what kind of pushed him towards launching this uh, this thing that's really become quite a bit of a movement in that um, I just, man, I love him. I love his heart so much for youth workers and for the Lord. I love his commitment to prayer and uh, 
it, it's there's an authenticity here with Greg and a, a genuineness. Uh, it's this isn't just something I think that Greg does or promotes. Like this is who Greg is, and this this whole dare to share thing is really an overflow of his of his heart and who he is and his passion. And uh, I mean, I love that, and I think it comes out in every conversation that I, that I've had with him. Um, you you hear that come out and. And he's funny, man. He makes like a billion movie references. And uh, I I mean, he's just, he's the real deal, man. So I was excited that uh, he agreed to come back on the show again. And just like always, man, so helpful. So, so helpful. So, yeah, really cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was great. Yeah. So uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll be challenged uh, and, and encouraged along the way. Be sure to stick around again at the end. He talks about, they've got a really cool event coming up. Uh, that, that he talks about uh, there at the end. So you're going to make sure you, you check out that. But um, yeah, super good. Super cool guy, man. We, we love him. Friend of the show for sure. So yeah, you ready? Ready. Let's in? do it, baby. Yeah, let's jump in. Cool. All right. Here is today's episode with Greg Steer from Dare to Share Ministries. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Well, hey, Greg, thanks for coming back on the show again, man. We're excited to have you. Uh, you were on back in episode 48, and we were talking about what it takes, what it looks like to really foster an evangelistic youth ministry. And uh, man, it was so helpful. So we're excited to have you back on, man. Glad to be here, man. It'll be fun. So if you're not familiar with Greg, uh, I would highly encourage you to go back and check out episode 48. Um, he he kind of gives a, a little bit of the background of how how he got to where he is and why he's doing what he does now, working with Dare to Share Ministries. And man, which I feel like, uh, it. I mean, Dare to Share has been it's, been, it's been super influential for a long, long time in youth ministry. And it's, it's cool to see that continue. Um, cause that doesn't always happen. Some things come and go. And, uh, so man, I, I'm grateful for your ministry there oh, as well. Like, uh, like Liam Neeson and Taken. We have a very particular set of skills. <laughs> that we've honed right. over 25 years. We will look for you. We will find you and we will gospelize you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but that is really, it's just a singular focus over a long period of time. I mean, you think about longer haul. I mean, that's, that's just really what we've been trying to help. Uh, there's a lot of discipleship stuff out there, really good stuff, a lot of youth ministry stuff out there, uh, evangelism training for teenagers, you know, not as much stuff. And we're just trying to really bang that gong and and really help students share their faith and help youth leaders build what we call gospel advancing ministries that are making and multiplying disciples, not just meeting every week. So we love it. We love to serve youth leaders and we love uh, the honor of being on your show. So thank you. I mean, 25 years is a long time. So, and and what is it that has, what do you feel like for you personally? What's been the thing that's kind of kept that going for you? Well, there are a couple of things. One is, you know, you think of the movie Waterboy, like a tackling fuel, right? And uh, right. our tackling, tackling fuel has been just the stories of changed lives of students, but also changed ministries for youth leaders. And we just, we just get enough of them on a consistent basis to really keep us going. And I also think the Lord halfway into our journey really introduced us to prayer 
and mm-hmm. utter dependence on him. And he used that through kind of a financial tragedy with the 2008 recession, uh, really impacted Dare to Share, but really taught us to pray. And I'm so grateful for the Great Recession because it was a great progression of our prayer. Um, and we, we, we really learned that it's going to be, it's not us, it's Christ in us and through us that's going to produce anything of value. And so as we're dependent on him, he gives us the strength that we need every day um, to, to yeah, good. keep going, you know, keep, keep driving. Greg, I, I, I hear what you're saying big time, man, because I know, you know, there are moments like in my own ministry where, you know, even though, I mean, Jody and I have both been doing this for a little while, at least I can speak for myself. Like there are moments when it comes to prayer where I, I'm just in program mode, just go, go, go mode, get it done, get it done, get it done. And it may even be an event that I've done 20 times over the years, you know, and, and then all of a sudden it hits me. Good grief. Like I've not gone before the Lord and asked him, I've just done this on my own experience or whatever. And, and it's, it's encouraging to hear you talk about that, that importance of prayer. Well, you know, you look at Jesus in the ministry of Jesus. I mean, you wouldn't want to invite Jesus as your camp speaker because there's a good chance you couldn't find him. You know, like he's out praying in the wilderness <laughs> somewhere. Like, where's the speaker? You know, and he prioritized prayer. And you think about it, this is the Son of God, but he was fully God and fully human. Uh, but he lived as a full human, fully dependent on God. And so he prayed to get his marching orders. Uh, he prayed to, you know, be, you know, full of the spirit and to have wisdom and to choose the right disciples and to make the right decisions. And he put that as a huge priority. I think the apostle Paul, you look at most of the epistles, you know, they start with these just huge majestic prayers. Many of them do. And, um, prayer just drove him. And I really do think that that's a, a deficit of our Western culture and flashy curriculum and ready-made youth ministry is we tend to think we can do it with, you know, our, our whiteboard and our box of games. And mm. it's, it's going to be divine power that fuels us ahead. And so I really think the more we look at that as part of our job description, like my job, part of my job is prayer. So my day, like, like a, any kind of report or any kind of meeting uh, I would do, well, I will, you know, I, I will also schedule time in for a prayer walk. Uh, I'll schedule time in to pray for my students or my ministry or um, lost people. I mean, that's part of it. You look at that. I mean, the, the, isn't that what the apostles did? They devoted themselves to the ministry of the word and prayer. And so we're going to refuse to get caught up in the details of Act 6 of setting up the food bank for the Grecian widows. Uh, we're going to delegate that. And we're going to focus on proper exegesis of the word, the preaching of the gospel, and intercessory prayer. And so if that's not in, a, that's not in our top to-do list, then we need a new to-do list. Gosh. Greg, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not super familiar with the inner workings there. Um, so, so and, and I'm asking because, like, so, so you have a team of folk, I'm, I'm assuming, that, that help you out. As that's become important to you, how have you made that a part of the overall culture there for Dare to Share? And how big is your team? So we have 25 people on staff. Um, and our number one value is pray first. So we're, we pray in meetings. We pray in our weekly chapel. We spend the first 12 minutes 
uh, 12 minutes of prayer. We use the Lord's Prayer, P-R-A-Y, praise, request, admit, yield. We pray for youth leaders. We pray for each other. Uh, we have silent prayers of uh, confession. We um, do that before meetings, after meetings, sometimes in the middle of meetings. We do spontaneous prayers. We challenge everybody when before they call a youth leader, pray, you know, in your, as you're dialing. And, and you know, I mean, it always can get better, but it is a, it is definitely a priority. Mm. And used to not be it was an aspirational priority and i met with our board and they're um, they're like what are your what are your values i go here are our values an aspirational value is prayer and one of our key board members dave gibson who's a missions pastor he goes why is that aspirational i go well it's not actually programmed in yet you know and he goes well just program it in make it actual not <laughs> aspirational and so we did and um just really encourage youth leaders to do that because again when we are praying, we are tapping in to the power of the divine trinity to do what only God can do. He can do exceedingly abundantly more than we ask or imagine. And we're trying to figure stuff out like a bunch of ants running around. And we got the king of the universe ready to, to answer. And so that doesn't mean we don't need to work and we don't need to program, but it means we need God's, the mind of Christ. Uh, and you get that through through prayer and, and dependence on the spirit. So you know, and we 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 spend more time in a typical youth ministry in announcements than intercessory prayer, and wonder why we don't experience revival. And mm. I'm like, well, you know, it's not really that hard to figure out. <laughs> we're just we're not dependent on God enough is a huge reason, and then we don't actually go do what He says. We just talk about it. We exegete it. We don't actually do it. We don't actually go out and make and multiply disciples. Our view of discipleship in this culture is: two believers have been saved for 20 years, meeting together every week to remind themselves of stuff they should already know and should already be doing, as opposed to, hey, you know, I'm going to lead my neighbor to Christ and train them to reach their, you know, and multiplying it out, you know, and so, or my, the barista or students reaching students and, you know, so <clears throat> it's what we call building a gospel advancing ministry. And the first key is that intercessory prayer um, in our lives and in the lives of our students. Yeah, that's good. I think, unfortunately, man, what I what I feel like I'm seeing, and I, Chris, we just talked about this in the last episode, even with Walt, is there seems to be, I think, I think in, for so many in youth ministry and youth pastors, there's kind of a step away from even the exegesis part now. Everything is, is there's no, it's almost like there's not a need for that for so many because you can go find so many things already re- present, like you're saying, this whiteboard thing. And so when you're when there's this absence of prayer and then there's a lack of really solid preparation even in study, yeah, why do we sit and wonder why look, God's not doing anything? Yeah, and I, I agree. I think we need to be sharing, even if we're using other curriculums, other lessons, we need to be in our own time with God, exegeting the Word, applying it to our lives, and that will spill out in our lessons, even if we're teaching somebody else's lesson. You know? Oh, yeah, sure. So I do agree. I mean, I think the word of God is key and prayer is key and evangelism. You know, when 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 they said we'll devote ourselves to the ministry of the word, that had two directions. One direction was the ministry of the word to the unbeliever in evangelism and the ministry of the word to the believer through, you know, teaching, exegeting and teaching God's word. So I think those are all all central to our if we if we want to do more than just just typical youth ministry, the way I've described it is, you know, we've received a youth ministry box with, you know, stuff in it that's cool, dodgeball, pizza, self-image talks, camps, retreats, good stuff. 
but we haven't made room in the box for these values that really can transform youth ministry. And one of those would be intercessory prayer. Another would be, you know, the word of God exegeted and taught. One other would be relational evangelism. We have to create room in that box. We don't dump the box and burn the box. I like pizza. I like to play dodgeball. But <clears throat> we have to create room for these real priorities. That's when we're going to see traction um, and not just action in youth yeah. ministry. Greg, I wonder if um, – so, you know, I'm trying to think of how to ask this and because I'm basically about to tee myself up for you to take that <laughs> prophetic gift that you have and mop me all over the floor. I, I can't wait for this um i don't even know what's coming but it sounds like it's going to be amazing now you've set me up for failure thanks Jerry. (laughs) no here here's what i would say so so here i am 40 48 been doing this blah 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 all that here's what i feel at times greg and i'm wondering if you could help me figure this part out i just feel overwhelmed at just trying to get sometimes my students to just understand the basics of Christianity, the basics of understanding God. Like there seems to be such a disconnect and to try to create number one an understanding in them at times that they are broken in this world that tells them the exact opposite all the time over and over over again. Um, And to try to help them understand the things of God. And I just feel overwhelmed at times trying to keep that before them trying to trying to get my life group leaders my small group leaders to pour into them on those things and help them to grow in their faith grow in their faith that's the discipleship part we talk about right no doubt and it feels and this may not be and again i'm probably teeing myself up here to get destroyed but it feels like the evangelism part of that the sharing your faith part the sharing the gospel part that always feels next level to me like that always feels like, how am I going to get little Johnny to share his faith when little Johnny doesn't even understand that there's an Old Testament and New Testament? Um, and so I know that if I at 48 still feel that at times, I'm only assuming that 27 year olds are feeling that and 32 year olds are feeling that. Um, what what would you say to that? And be be kind, Jody, or, or to to me because Jody's mean all the time to me, Greg. <laughs> So don't be too mean to me, please. I'm going to team up with Jody right now. Yeah. <laughs> so what I would say is, you know, it's a, I think you're right. I think a lot of people feel like that. And I think it comes from a misperception that evangelism is the 401 class and not the 101 class. Um, when you look at the early church, Jesus said, uh, even in the Gospels, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. In Acts 2, in the upper room, the first sign of the indwelling Holy Spirit is that their tongues are set on fire for the Gospel. Uh, and 3,000 are added to their number that day. I think we got it backwards. So I think what we do is, because I, I talk to youth leaders all the time, like I, I want to bring my kids to Dare to Share or Dare to Share Live or Lead the Cause or whatever, but they're not ready for it yet. And I'm like, okay, what do they need? They need more they need to understand the Old Testament, New Testament. They need more Bible study. They need more theology. They need more training. So I said they need more discipleship. Yeah. I go, let me ask you a question. How's that worked out for the adults in your church? Oh. 
And, and you can drop the mic and walk away at that point because it hasn't worked. That strategy is not effective because I don't think it's biblical. I mean, when you think of baptism, you don't see the only unbaptized believer you see in the New Testament is a thief on the cross, right? And every believer almost immediately when they put their faith in Christ, they're baptized. You see this again and again and again. They're baptized not in a church because there's no church buildings. It's out in public. It's out in front of friends and family. And the baptismal confession is Jesus is Lord. Uh, if you look at the text notes to the NIV uh, Bible in Romans 10, you know, confess with the mouth Jesus is Lord. That was a baptismal confession. Most, you know, church um, historians believe that, that when you got baptized, you said Jesus is Lord. Well, when you said that, Lord in the in the Septuagint is translated, it's the word Yahweh translated as Kyrios 6,000 times. So when you said Jesus is Lord, you're saying Jesus is God, right? He is Lord. Now to the Romans, that was treason because only Caesar was Lord. To the Jews, that was blasphemy because only Yahweh, the Father, was Lord. When you said Jesus is Lord, that was a microcosm of an evangelistic presentation to your friends. So the very first thing you did as a new believer is you proclaimed a mini version of the gospel to everybody who was there. And that proclamation ignites an acceleration in spiritual maturation. Um, when you look in John 12, you'll see that even many among the chief leaders among them believe, but they did not publicly profess his name because they're a fear of being put out of the synagogue because they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. So these are believers, the Holy Spirit's commentary in our hearts. They believed, but they didn't proclaim. And because they didn't proclaim, they didn't accelerate in their spiritual maturity. And, and I believe that when you begin, when it's, what's, the, what's the primary call of discipleship according to Jesus? You got to pick up something, right? What is that? You got to pick up your cross. So you pick up your cross, die to yourself, and follow him. That first death you die is not a physical death. That's not the first death that the disciples died. The first death they died was a social death. So when our students are willing to put their social equity on the line by sharing their faith, it actually, it's like James 2, which says, wasn't our father Abraham willing, you know, matured, he grew in his faith when he was willing to put Isaac on the altar. His faith and his actions are working together and his faith was matured or made complete by what he's willing to do. It was 25 years after he believed in God and put his faith in, in God. He was saved according to uh, Paul, um, but 25 years later, he's willing to put everything on the line. His son, his faith, his actions work together. His faith is matured by what he's willing to do. What means most of the average teenager, that Isaac, that son of the promise for the average teenager is how they're perceived by their friends. Evangelism puts that on the line. And so, and it accelerates our faith and our actions work together. Our faith is matured by what they're willing to do. So I really challenge youth leaders to rethink that strategy one, because it's not working. Two, because it's not biblical. That's why it's not working. So we got to get our students sharing their faith with their friends as quickly as humanly possible. Because they, in doing so, they're picking up their cross, they're dying a social death, and it makes them dependent on God. It makes them study the word, makes them worship louder, makes them pray harder. I mean, it accelerates the discipleship process. And let me give you another piece of encouragement. There's a study from the Ron Saylor Polytechnic Institute that if you can get 10% of any group 100% committed 
toward a vision or set of values, they'll inevitably influence the other 90%. So all your kids don't have to be on board with this. You need to get 10% that are Mm -hmm. all in. And when you get 10% that are all in, they become the thermostat for the rest of the group. And pretty soon you have 12% and 15 and 20. It begins to crank up. Jesus, you think about it. I mean, he ministered to, he had a Wednesday night program or Sunday night program, right? I mean, it wasn't pizza, but it was fish and chips, right? He didn't play games, but he healed lepers and yelled at Pharisees, which is kind of fun, right? Uh, he gathered the crowd, but he poured into his student leadership team, the disciples. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to minister to the crowds, but we need to keep trying to pour into and build that leadership team that are leading the way for intercessory prayer and relational evangelism. Well, there you go, Chris. Bam. Oh, I knew that was coming. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, so, I mean, we talk about, you're talking about getting students to share their faith, obviously, and this idea of longevity. I mean, I, I, a few weeks ago, I sat in on a panel discussion uh, with some folks for um, a project that Christianity Today has done with Gen Z. And um, so we're looking at a lot of the, the Barna research that's come out. And, you know, one of the things that came up in that discussion was uh, obviously the differences in this generation of students versus maybe previous ones, and particularly how, how we're seeing story play in. To this generation, how we're seeing just the the way that they respond, um, the lack of biblical worldview, even more so than than those before them. What kind of changes have you seen, or are you seeing, in how students, maybe how you share the gospel with students, how students respond yeah. um, to the gospel? That maybe that's a big, broad question, but no, it's great. We started actually seeing it probably about fifteen years ago. We heard a guy named Mike Metzger speaking on how to present the gospel to the upcoming generation, you know, which was at that point, it was not Generation Z, you know, it was right, millennial, sure. you know. And so one of the things he said is you have to start depicting the gospel as story. And mm-hmm. you have to start in Genesis 1, not Genesis 3. And we use a gospel acrostic that used to go, God says everyone has sinned. So we were starting Genesis 3. So we said, how do we, how do we reframe this as a story, not just an acrostic? And how do we start in Genesis 1 and finish in Revelation 22? So we worked on it and worked on it, ran it by youth leaders, you know, prayed through it. So now it starts, God created us to be with him, Genesis 1 and 2. Then O is our sins separate us from God. Genesis 3, you know, S is sins cannot be removed by good deeds. Genesis 4 through Malachi 4. P is paying the price for sin. Jesus died and rose again. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. E is everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. Uh, Book of John. And then L is life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. Acts through Revelation 22. Hmm. So it tells the whole story of the Bible in six kind of, you know, six scenes. And so that's, that's one of the changes that we made. And so we really really try to communicate the gospel as a story that just happens to be true. Secondly, is we don't lead with apologetics. Uh, in Acts 17, you know, in the beginning of Acts 17, when when Paul's in the synagogue, he leads with apologetics. Open your, you know, scrolls Isaiah 53, and he proves to them, you know. And at the end of Acts 17, when he's with the pagan polytheistic Athenians, 
um, he tells the gospel as a story, and then he uses apologetics at the end. He says he's given proof to this by raising Jesus from the dead. And that's when some mocked him, some believed, some said, we want to know you more on this subject. It's a, it's a, it's a Acts 2 versus Acts 7. You know, Acts 2, 3,000 are added. Acts 7, it's a handful. Um, 17, sorry, Acts 2 and Acts 17. Um, so we, you know, I think we present the gospel as a story that just happens to be true. The other thing that we've done at Dare to Share is we used to have, you know, your typical opening questions um, years ago, you know, 20 years ago. Do you know you're going to go to heaven? If I could tell you how you could know, would that be good news? And those are, those are fine opening questions. Uh, but we've moved away from uh, that to what we call it's a three-word approach, ask, admire, admit. So ask a ton of questions, get to know them personally, find out where their spiritual beliefs are, then admire what you can about what they believe, like Paul did in Acts 17, and then admit the reason you're a Christian is you're so messed up, you needed Jesus to save you. So those three words, ask, admire, admit, are really, we've just found a great, great um, on-ramp to a gospel conversation. So That's good. We say less presentations, more conversations, you know, but, but be able to get that, have that gospel fluency to share that gospel story once you get there. And that's all that stuff, by the way, is available free, free of charge on our dare to share app. Um, all of that training, ask, admire, admit the gospel, how to, how do you talk to Mormons, Muslims, Buddhists? There's 13 different worldviews. What questions can you ask? What can you admire? Again, it's a student app. So it's a free app that you can have your students download and use. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that was there. We got um, you, man. We got yeah, you back. I like it. Um, yeah, I think so. I find myself starting those conversations with students, particularly asking two questions. And these really aren't new. I've kind of always done this, but um, I just generally tend to be a little more introverted by nature. So um, I, I'm great. I, I'm super comfortable in a one on one or small group kind of conversation, but in a in a crowd I'm I can work the room because I have to but I prefer not to um, so I will generally ask students or anybody but particularly students what what's their name and and what's their story hmm. and then I just listen um, and for me I, I feel like one of the things that I feel like I've really noticed the importance of more so it seems like than ever is conveying to that student to that person what how the gospel looks in their story like what their story would be with the gospel how does what what is the difference that Jesus makes in that and not in a salesy kind of I, I genuinely feel like it's not a bait and switch it's not you know some little survey it, it's just I want to hear them I want to hear where they are and then I want them to see that the difference that Jesus makes in their life and um, I feel like I feel like once someone shares their story, even if you don't know them that well, there's a connection there. Yeah. Uh, and it's amazing how often I get asked following that, what about you? Before I even get a chance to like move the conversation. Um, you know, kind of what well, what's your deal? And and so I, I found those two questions off the front to be extremely helpful. And just yeah, beginning right. those conversations. Yep. That's awesome. But there's definitely been a shift, I feel like. Yeah, I think we have to change our I mean, obviously we want to change our strategy without changing our message. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And for sure. 
I really do think that helping students articulate that way um, teaches them really how to navigate conversations. Evangelism training is also conversation training. And our students are so bent over with their text neck texting, you know, that sometimes they need to look up, you know, one of the things we do, we do a week long training called lead the cause. We literally have them look at the person next to them in their eyes for 30 seconds without saying anything. And it's the most awkward 30 seconds on the planet. <laughs> and, and then we teach them the power of looking at people in the eye and having a conversation. And we have them role play, ask, admire, admit uh, several times during the week. And by the time they're done, that week, man, it's, the room is buzzing with conversations. And I really think one of the sociological advantages of uh, ev- relational evangelism training is it teaches kids how to, how to navigate a real conversation, not just on, you know, on Snapchat. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a, that is a great point. We, I mean, Chris and I've talked about this as well, that there is a lack of just conversation skills. Now there's a lack of emotional vocabulary often to like convey how even they feel if they wanted to have that conversation. Um, man, so practically, yeah, that's, I don't know that I would have considered that or thought about that. So that's good. That's real good. That's real good. I'm a little freaked out at the idea of staring somebody in the eyes at 30 seconds. So, yeah, I don't participate in that part. Of the <laughs> Greg, so so if I if 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 people are listening and they're starting to buy in, let's say they're hearing and maybe maybe the Holy Spirit's even nudging, uh, using this to nudge them. They're in charge of their youth group. They can shape and mold the direction of their youth group. Um, and they're starting to feel, man, like I realize I really need to do a better job in my student ministry with this, but I've not done any of this stuff. Now, obviously you guys offer all kinds of great resources there, but, and, and at the end we'll definitely be pointing some folks to that as a, as an, as an option. But, but that said, what would you say to that, that guy or gal that's listening that just wants to get started that just wants to because it's a little bit of a total culture shift like a for their student ministry in a lot of ways well yeah what we have what we call five stages of gospel advancement commit align prioritize accelerate and multiply and it each of them is with an early church so commit church of corinth when paul said I determined to know nothing among you except for Christ and crucified. So he committed, I'm going to build this into a gospel advancing ministry. It starts with you committing. Say, so you know what? I don't even know what it means yet, but I'm doing this. Because the Holy Spirit is hitting that tuning fork in my heart and I'm in. I just, I don't know exactly what it means, but I'm in. So I would say commit, yeah. right? And then align, align your mind, align your leadership team, align your student leaders, and then begin to prioritize these uh, values into your program. And then you'll begin to accelerate and see kids come to Christ and share their faith and grow in Christ. And then eventually multiply, multiplying disciples. And go back to that a lot. Greg, of- go back to that a line for just a minute. Let's break this down and make it really, really practical hands on though for a second. Okay. How, so, how long does that process? And obviously I know it's going to, the technical answer is going to be, it depends, but that doesn't have to happen in a week. 
or two weeks. No. And in actuality, it could take a pretty good while to get there, right? Yeah, he could, you know, Craig Rochelle uh, in his leadership podcast says basically it could take two two years to fully change a church's culture. And I, I would assume that's the same thing for a youth ministry. And it really starts with the leaders. And so what I would say is if you have adult leaders that are not gospel advancing or not willing to become it, you're going to have to build uh, new ones and call old ones and or, and or try to win them over. Uh, so that's a process, and it takes a, a mixture of wisdom and love and courage. Uh, it takes shrewdness, which is wisdom's streetwise cousin named Vinny, right? Um, shrewdness, and, and you have to do that. And it, and really, that's where the prayer time really is important uh, to be able to build that. But alignment, uh, really, with your with your adult leaders. If you do this poorly, you can get fired. And that's and that's why I wanted to dig in for a second to that, Greg, because I I think often folks that are seasoned. They inherit, they just intuitively know that things take time. But some folks in their earlier stages think, oh, okay, well, I need to get my kids sharing, sharing the gospel. We're going to, we're going to do a series starting next month on this and, and make this happen. And it's going to be the bestest thing ever. And we're going to get everybody on board. When in all actuality, it may actually be more successful. It, now, obviously, you can't wait forever and not and use it as an excuse. But, but digging in, it realize that man, this may take a little time. Yeah. Well, and it takes time, and we're going to start with our leaders and you know events. Um, sometimes getting getting kids to an evangelism training type of event where kids get pumped up about it, and the adult leaders do too. Then you can seize that as well. Um, I think one of the things I would just say as a, res- a free resource for youth leaders is we have a website, uh, gospeladvancing.org, that's got a diagnostic on it. And it, you take that diagnostic, it's only 12 questions, and it'll tell you kind of which stage you're in uh, and give you next steps. There's also, they can download a free digital version of my book there if they go to gospeladvancing.org slash gospelize. And there's 12 training videos. So there's all sorts of free stuff on gospeladvancing.org to help youth leaders begin to navigate that process. But I would just use three words, crawl, walk, run. You know, it's we're in a marathon, not a sprint. And don't give up, though. Just keep making those changes. Keep praying through it and fighting through it. But the Gospelize Your Youth Ministry is a book that I've written totally on how do you do this in the context of youth ministry. And uh, it's free. Uh, it's a digital download. Um, on gospeladvancing.org slash gospelize. So that's a that's a very practical step youth leaders could take to begin to navigate through this. Ah, that's good. I, I uh so so commit, I'll make sure I've got all these. Commit, align, prioritize. What was the next one? Accelerate and multiply. Is that right? Yep. That's good. Chris, how come every time someone comes on, I feel less and less intelligent? Well, Jody, I feel the same way at times, but, you know, what are we going to do? That's why we do this. We're trying to help the people, man, and help us. So That's, yeah. why, we, that's why we have Greg. Yeah. Remember, this is the only thing I know. Outside of this world, this world of evangelism, I am I'm an idiot. So <laughs> I can't fix 
Like my wife's like, why don't you fix our house? I'm like, I, I have the best tool in the world. It's called a phone. And I call the people that's going to do <laughs> what, I, what I would be good at is inviting somebody to come over and fix that and sharing the gospel with them. That's what I would be good at. <laughs> yeah, no, man, this is really good. This is good stuff. And it's challenging for me personally, even, you know, again, um, it, it, well, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking through like, I don't know of a believer, adult or student who I would consider mature in their faith or growing in their faith, like legitimately growing in their faith that doesn't consistently share their faith. Um, and so I, I love, I love even what you're saying, even going back earlier where, you know, I do think sometimes maybe we have this idea that, that we have to wait or, or that we can't go out and, and start and share. And I think the danger in that is if you wait, like I remember when I first became a believer, okay. When I first became a believer, um, I was super excited about it and I was just naturally telling people about what had happened. And then I was told that I needed to take an evangelism class so that I would know how to share my faith. And so when I did, then all of a sudden I learned the right way to do it. And then I was terrified to share my faith because I was so worried I was going to screw it up or I wasn't going to know what to say, or I wasn't going to remember the right question, or I wasn't going to remember the right, you know, Bible verses, or I would misquote something. And, uh, I think sometimes we're guilty of that still. Like, I don't think that's gone away. Well, and I, I don't think we've built a culture where evangelism is, is, normalized. I mean, I think we think that's what the pastor's job or when Greg Laurie comes into town with the big harvest crusade or, you know, um, whatever I, when you normalize it, then you have to program time, storytelling time into youth ministry. So you can share stories, good, bad, and ugly. And so your students can share stories. So one of the things we do on a very practical level at dare to share, because remember I'm, I'm basically the only preacher on staff, right? Everybody else's marketing and sales, research, writing, blah, blah, blah. Um, But every week we take five minutes out and we we call it take five for the cause. And we share with each other who we're engaging in gospel conversations, good, bad, or ugly. And what it does is it normalizes evangelism in our culture. And we have a lot of youth leaders doing that same thing in their youth ministries. They just take, okay, let's talk with each other about what's going on, who's having gospel conversations and you can have those kids up front you can have them talk to each other. You can mix and match, you know, but it, 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 it prioritizes it and programs it in so that evangelism doesn't become a class, you know, there's still a class, but it becomes a climate and to make it a climate, not just a class that needs to be part of our every week and every day. You know, I have one youth leader down in Florida just throughout the day would randomly send texts to his kids in school. Like you have 30 minutes to share the gospel. First one to respond, you know, let, you know, I mean, he just, he got in trouble from some of the teachers because he was kept interrupting class with his texts. And, but he, <laughs> he was like, we want to normalize this. We don't want this just to be pretty soon. He didn't have to send a text anymore. Kids were just doing it on their own. Texting yeah. him to share, you know? Do you feel like, and this might be a little bit of a shift in our conversation here, but when I hear you say normalize it, do you feel like we've lost traction that the church has kind of messed up a little bit in this because we've lost uh, traction that we probably should have had by now 
in all actuality, it's it, it's probably harder than it's ever been in some ways um, to expect yeah, a, think, to expect a kid to walk into this culture when everything is okay. And it's 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 terrible for you to tell me that something wrong with me. You know, um, everything is accepted. No, you know. Um, yeah, I I think so. I think I think uh, also it's a great opportunity because. In this culture, when you share the gospel, at some point you will be persecuted. And I actually think kids need that. You know, um, you need a crisis of faith. You know, when you, it's, it's the kids that have experienced some sort of outstanding faith-stretching experience in middle school and high school that, that I'm convinced keep their faith long afterward. Um, mm. and, and I think kids need to be sometimes mocked and marginalized and ostracized and really wrestle through. Do I believe this? Because if they don't do it now, they're going to do it when they, they're going to experience in college or the workforce. And that's why I think we have a lot of people just leaving their faith because they don't have the safety net of the youth group to encourage them in that process. So I think it's actually ideal time uh, for teenagers and youth leaders to set the pace for the whole church because we're stuck in the eighties in our youth ministry. We, we're just stuck in the eighties. And I'm like, dudes, it's time to look at our youth groups, not as entertainment centers. We're not Dave and Busters, but as training centers. And we can have some fun in the process and, again, have pizza. I mean, again, I'm not saying burn the youth ministry box, but we got to put these things in there because we have less seniors in a typical youth ministry. This is old Mike Yacanelli. Less seniors than juniors, less juniors than sophomores, less sophomores than freshmen. And that's that was true 20 years ago when he said it. It's especially true today. Because we live in a busy culture and students are busier than ever with sports and academics. And so we have to shift strategies. Kids will make time. I know because I have two teenagers. They will make time for a gospel advancing movement. Um, they won't make time just for another another youth group meeting. They just don't have time for it. Um, but they'll make time for something they feel like, man, I'm making a difference. I am, you know, we are, we are seeing the book of Acts unleashed and I am not going to miss Wednesday night or I'm not going to miss Sunday night. I'll figure it out um, because I want to be part of the movement. Oh, and so if it's typical youth group from the stuck in the eighties, we got it all flashy now. I mean, it's, it's still, it's still eighties. I, I love the eighties. I'm from the eighties. I was a teenager in the eighties, eighties rock. But if our youth ministry stuck there and we're not missionizing and mobilizing, we're, we're, not going to reach this culture. We are using traditional additional strategies to try to fix an exponential problem. And the only way we can, we got to go new Testament uh, on our, on our kids and on our youth ministries. So it's not that complicated. It's just hard work and it's going to take a lot of prayer and reorienting the reorienting the way that we do ministry. Yeah. I, I, uh, I was asked um, recently, when you think of this generation, what do you think of? Because Chris and I were at a, uh, we were leading some sessions at a conference. Was that last weekend? And um, they were, the big topic, of course, is this Generation Z thing. And uh, one of the keynotes got up and basically, I mean, it was like doomsday apocalyptic scenario of like, this is where this generation is. And, um, but when I think of this generation, and I recognize that there are tons of challenges, okay, tons of challenges, 
I really think of this generation, I think of opportunity. Um, and because I see a generation, even in my own house, where they're not content just to sit by and they do want to make a difference and they are willing to really stand behind what they believe in if they believe it's going to make a difference. Now, the scary part in that is kind of what you're saying as well is if they don't feel like what they're doing is making a difference, then they're not going to make time for it. They're not just going to do it because. Yep. Um, and so I think that's a culture change that is that has happened, obviously, outside of the church, but it's going to have to also kind of begin to shift in within youth ministry or, or we're not going to be able to be effective. So, yep. so I love it. Uh, last time you were here, you were we were you were about to to do the first Dare to Share live, correct? And there was a hurricane that had come through. It was a uh, hurricane. And I remember, I remember right before you and I got on, even you were talking to folks down in Puerto Rico. They were without power there, and they were trying to figure out how they were going to make that work. Um. And that, I mean, that event went extremely well from what, from what I've heard and and seen. And now you're, now you're about to, to ramp it up again. Yep. Yeah. October 13th, Dare to Share Live and super excited. Puerto Rico's back on the grid. They got their power back up. So Mm -hmm. it's, what's cool about uh, Dare to Share Live is I really think it takes everything we've been talking about, kind of that need for a movement feel, excitement, prayer. We spend time in intercessory prayer there. There's a time during Dare to Share Live where all of us are praying out loud at the same time from Fairbanks, Alaska to Puerto Rico. It's so cool. Uh, Asking God for revival and begging God for a transformation in this nation. And, and students are trained, equipped. We're going to have skit guys. We're going to have Zane Black, uh, myself. Flame is coming in. Uh, he's going to do a couple rap songs, but he's really coming in as a preacher. He's a phenomenal communicator. And we're going to train and equip students. We have a Dare to Share Live app where um, kids are going to be able to talk to each other and be able to you know share with each other because uh, they get the same training at the same time. Cool. And so we have – 97 satellite sites across the United States. And um, we, we're praying for tens of thousands trained and equipped. And then they'll all go out to actually do it. After they're trained, we'll give the gospel, train them how to share the gospel. They'll collect canned food for local rescue missions and share the gospel. And as they do, uh, you'll be able to see a app map of the United States populate with all the gospel conversations. We'll have gospel conversation videos uh, that they can start gospel conversations with their friends, upload to their friends in their feed. And we believe that God's going to use this to reach hundreds of thousands of people with the gospel on that day. And so really encourage youth leaders, if you want a way, a practical way, I, I'll give you a one-two punch to consider. See you at the poll, September 26th. I mean, it's, I mean, you want to lead with intercessory prayer, start there. You know, get your kids out there. And then two and a half weeks later, dare to share live. Um, bring your students out there and train them and equip them how to share the gospel. If you go to dare to share live.org, uh, there's a map of locations. You can just literally click on the location nearest you and, uh, get tickets there and be a part of it. It's going to be awesome. And what's cool about this is 
in every one of the satellite sites, there's uh, a worship band from that place and there's an MC slash trainer. So it feels like a live event in every room. The MC is not just giving announcements. They're actually doing training. They're doing the response time. Uh, they're interacting with the students and there's live worship in that room. So every room feels hot. I mean, it's popping. And, and at the same time, there's this national conversation happening because again, it's a 9 a.m. West Coast start and noon East Coast start. Literally, the students are getting the same training at the exact same time from coast to coast. There's nothing like this that has ever happened in youth ministry. Matter of fact, I don't think there's most simulcasts have an hour or two delay. Um, this is live. So it's really unique and I think set up to be a movement maker. And that's why, you know, I challenge everybody, set your alarm for 10, 13 a.m. And pray with us at 1013 every day for a revival on October 13th. And bring your students out. Be a part of the party. Oh, I love it. I, I really like the, I mean, even what we're just saying is, is where I think it's important for students to feel like they are a part of something bigger than themselves, that they're a part of something that's really making a difference. And uh, man, I love the, the app and the interaction and the fact that everybody's kind of in it together. Uh, so, so good. So good. It's so cool because you're getting stories from all over the nation. Our hashtag is going to be Rock Your City. So our goal is, you know, Acts 431. Uh, the building was shaken with the power of prayer after they prayed. The place where he was shaken. They were filled with the Spirit and spoke the Word of God boldly. So uh, the, the buildings are shaken with the power of prayer. Then the believers are shaken with the power of the Spirit. Then the city is shaken with the power of the gospel. And so, you know, we're going to rock, rock our buildings, rock our lives, and rock our cities with the message of Jesus Christ and coast to coast. Uh, it's, it's happening October 13th. So don't miss the party. Yeah, that's awesome. So the easiest way for them to do that, you said was to, to go to dare to share live.org. Yeah. And it's the number two dare to share live.org. Okay. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well as uh, the gospel advancing.org. Um, and we'll even link to the app there for folks so they can go find it all at one place. Great. Uh, Greg, if they want to connect beyond just the live event, how what's the easiest way for them to do that? Well, um, I have a blog, gregsteer.org, S-T-I-E-R, and uh, also my you know Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it's all Greg Steer, S-T-I-E-R, G-R-E-G-S-T-I-E-R. So that's a, a simple way to connect um, using social media and all that fun stuff. You're, you're just as creative as Chris and I. That's uh, we, we yeah. no, that's all we got. Greg, as we wrap up, man, I wonder, um, you know, every once in a while we have folks on that. I know you run into youth pastors just over and over and over again. Um, youth pastors from all walks of life, whether they are full-time, part-time volunteer or whatever the case. Um, so I suspect you have a heart for youth pastors and you've developed a heart for youth pastors over the years. Wondering if you just might wrap up with just maybe a, a blessing, just a word of blessing to them. Anything you want to say to them as a word of blessing and maybe even just have a word of, well, maybe just have a word of, just a prayer uh, over uh, the youth yeah. pastors that are listening. Yeah, I'll be glad to. I'm, I'll just, I'll pray. That's the best blessing we can give. So let me, let me pray. Father, I just, uh, we just come before you on behalf of these youth leaders. We thank you for the investment they're making in the lives of these teenagers. And Lord, I know a lot of them are just grinding, trying to figure it out, trying to prayer and duct tape together their 
Wednesday night program, Sunday night, wondering why some students aren't there, getting frustrated with parents or policies or politics or whatever. And Satan's attacking every step of the way. Maybe their marriages are are getting frayed as a result. And uh, Lord, I pray that they would put on the armor that you provide. They'll be strong in the Lord, in you and in the power of your might. And that, Father, you would give them that tackle and fuel, that that gospel advancing DNA that's in your word, Lord. It's not from dare to share. It's from the book of Acts, from the gospels, Lord, that you would infuse it into their souls and give them a restlessness, a holy discontent until that's fully actualized, whether it takes a month or a year or five years, that they would just keep swinging and keep grinding until there's momentum and until every teen everywhere in their community Here's a gospel from a friend, and their youth group is truly multiplying disciples, and your kingdom is coming in powerful, visceral ways into their lives and uh, into their youth ministries. So bless them, protect them, uh, arm them, use them, and unleash them for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Greg, thanks so much for coming on again and uh, and giving your time. We, we appreciate very much. I know uh, we'll be praying for the live event uh, for sure. We and really encourage everybody to go and check out uh, dare to share and find out where how, and how you can get plugged into that as well. And if, uh, if, if nothing else, I hope what you take away from today is just the importance of, of, of building a culture in your student ministry. That is one that is evangelistic and within your students. And that really starts, that really starts with you as a student pastor. If you are not doing that, then they're not going to do that. And so, um, man, Greg, thanks again. We appreciate it very much. Man, thanks a ton. Dude. This was great stuff. Thank you, Greg. Yeah, Greg, we'll catch you later. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, there you go. Man, Greg is the man. Yeah, that was good. Jody, how did you like how I um, asked for a friend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. The whole, yeah. the whole question about like, hey... So, hypothetically speaking, hypothetically speaking <laughs> if I knew someone, a guy, let's say someone's that, listening out there, that felt like this, <laughs> and then he proceeded to team me up anyway. His, him and his little gift of prophecy, his prophetic yes. gift or whatever. <sighs> yeah, but you know what? I, you know what I love though. Even in that, it's not. Um, it's not harsh, right? Really? Because really, I mean, I, were you the guy getting raked over the coals? No, you were not. That okay, well, been, it was that inspiring. Yeah. I so. actually enjoyed that. <laughs> so it, it's good. I think Greg, though, honestly, every time I'm around Greg, it challenges me to do more and to be more intentional. And uh, man, I just, I just like it. I just like it. Yeah. And for what it's worth, and I'm kind of joking around about the fact that, um, full disclosure, literally after we recorded it and um we're actually recording this kind of wrap up a little bit later you know so <laughs> pulling the curtain back completely there you're probably frustrated with me for that but that said i've actually already had a conversation with one of our guys uh who does um a lot of our our local mission type and he's also kind of a guy that got our church a really it's talking about having gospel conversations in our community and just really a driving force behind that right now and i've already had a conversation with him just said hey man um, when this episode comes out, I want you to listen to it and you and I have a conversation about how we can stir some stuff up in our teenagers um, oh, I love you know, it. with this. And so, I mean, God really just kind of stirs some, some stuff up in my heart as I listen to it. And that, that's not, I'm not making that up. That's for real. Like, um, 
Well, no, and I think, listen, I think it's important. If you're listening, here's what I hope never happens. I hope you don't listen to this week in and week out and think that, like, that we kind of have this all together and figured out. Like, I think just by nature, we tend to just see the best or share the best of ourselves. Like, everyone does that. Um, And we're obviously trying to help. So I think there are things that we probably have figured out, at least somewhat, that we can share. But one of the reasons that I have continually been committed to having guests on the show is because I'm still growing. I'm still learning. Oh gosh. And yeah. There's not an episode that goes by that. I don't walk away challenged, uh, in some area of what we're doing. Um, and, and sometimes more than others. And, and it just, it's good, man. Like I enjoy, and I know you the same way. Like I, I we enjoy interviewing and doing these things. Uh, and I listen back, you know, to the show. Um, and it, I mean, I'm growing and learning as a part as just as much along the way as 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 the others as a listener. So, um, yeah, it's good, man. And this was a this was a doozy. This was good, and I, I really hope folks will uh, will listen and 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 do the same in, in their own setting. And and again, go go to the show notes page, thelongerhaul.com slash episode zero seven three. Check out all those links there uh, to that. And the other thing that I love that that Greg does is he gives a ton of stuff away free, like tons of resources. So there's really no excuse. You know, it's not like he's selling uh, everything they're doing. You, you can go uh, and and find tons of resources there for them through the Dare to Share stuff that will help you and, uh, and kind of help resource and mobilize you to do that. So hopefully you'll go and do that. Um, that you know, that's why we bring him on the show. So it's good. Uh, also, make sure you head over and check out YM360.com. We're so grateful for them as a sponsor. Again, they're here because we believe in them and because we trust them. And uh, we believe that it is a value and benefit to you in your ministries um, to do that. And so we want to we want to help resource you in that and pointing them to you. And then also uh, help you save a little, little cash, a little budget money. Um, so make sure you use the promo code LONGERHAUL save 20% there off your next order uh, with them. So, Dan, that's a good one. I need a nap. Yeah. You're already napping. I am. I feel like you're already napping. So I'm ready. I got, I got, I got youth ministry to do, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Living live the dream. Live the dream. So. Yeah, man. All right. Good times. Anyways, yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening and checking out the show today. We will see you in the next episode. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.